0: All episodes of the Garage Build podcast are recorded live in the Law Fran studios. The Law Offices of Fran Hosh, Fall Harbor, Florida. Call 1 866 Law or go to lawfran.com. The Law Offices of Fran Hosh, serving the Tampa Bay biker community for over 20 years. Welcome back to the Garage Build Podcast, episode 100. This was recorded live on the High Seas Rally with uh, my good friend Brian Clock, his beautiful wife Vanessa. They are from Clockworks in Mitchell, South Dakota. And... uh we went deep on this one. They uh, they bared their soul a little bit, talking about business and vulnerability and going through some trials and tribulations. It's a really good episode, and I appreciate everybody who's been along on this journey with us. This episode of the Gradual Podcast is brought to you by SNS Cycles since 1958. SNS has led the V twin aftermarket from innovative new ways to get air and fuel into your performance twin to big board kits for all big twins, sportsers, and m to today's must have exhaust components. Choose SNS Cycles for your next performance upgrade. Visit sscycle.com and follow s Cycles on social media at sscycle. Team Dream Rides in Maryville, Tennessee is located only minutes from the tail of the dragon. Team Dream Rides specializes in performance engine upgrades, used bike sales, service maintenance and repair. Visit teamdreamrides.com or follow at Dream Rides Tennessee on Instagram to keep up with all the latest news. The High Seas Rally 2023 will set sail from Tampa, Florida. It is the only motorcycle rally on a cruise ship. I just got back from this year's event. It's amazing. It was life changing. I cannot wait for next year. Join me and a gaggle of bikers as we sail the high seas for a seven day cruise. Follow at High Seas Rally on Instagram to find out all the latest information on uh, booking your cruise 1620 workwear is premium made in the usa workwear guaranteed for life visit 1620usa.com use the discount code speed 2022 and you're going to save 20 percent at checkout follow at 1620 usa for more information on instagram it's time for a hoodie it's that time of year right some fantastic products from 1620 usa This episode is very near and dear to me, our 100th episode. Thank you so much to everybody who has stuck with us and followed along with us and supported us. I can't thank you enough. And uh, this is episode 100, live from the high seas.
1: You're listening to the Garage Build Podcast with your host, Jason Coleman.
0: Ah, there we go. That's my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> needs a good start.
1: <laughs> that door was heavy.
0: Right? No, we recorded that in our shop like 10 years ago when I first started the podcast and it was, my buddy was working for me at the time. And I'm like, okay, I wanna do this. Then I'm gonna do this. And I don't have a way to edit it so we have to do it in one in one shot. So That'd I've just be been good. using that forever. So today's my guests are Vanessa and Brian Clock from Clockworks and I.O. Mounts. I wanna make sure we talk about that as well because um, that is a new product in your a newer product in your family of products.
2: Yeah, for sure. And and we've been working really hard. Uh, we acquired the company in 2020, December of 2020, end of 2020, and and now pushing forward. We've been selling Almount stuff since 2013, but we could never really get enough supply chain, honestly. Right. And so this is a funny story. Vanessa uh, said, "Hey, you either put Brian on the board or let us buy in, so we can actually get these parts, because we were backordered." At Drake Specialties for a year and a half. So every time they pull up our account, it would look terrible because we ha- owed them stuff from July of the previous year. So oh, a year geez. and a half, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so Ryan back, backwarded almost <coughs> a year.
2: And then so Vanessa says, okay, you know, they said, well, we, we would consider it. She said, send me your financials. And as the CFO of our company, she watches every penny. And so all of a sudden she's got the financials and she walks out of her room about 20 minutes later out of the office and goes, I just offered to buy the company. I said, No, no, you didn't really. (laughs) I mean, I knew how much they wanted for it, and it was an astronomical amount, right? And she said, uh, yeah, but they're in a position, and we uh, we can acquire it now.
0: That's a that's amazing how people that read like numbers, you and I yeah. you and I like know the motorcycle stuff to where it's like we just kind of have that feel when we're putting yeah. cam bearings in or make yeah. sure you know maybe that's not right we yeah. pull it back out and then you get somebody who knows numbers as well as we know motorcycles and it's amazing I always tell people that it really wouldn't matter if it was a pencil factory or a bike shop it from a fiduciary. Point of view, mm-hmm. a company has to be profitable. It has to have somebody who is looking at all those different pieces and parts yeah. and making sure that they all kind of converge correctly in that funnel, right?
1: Yeah. For because sure.
0: there's always people coming mm-hmm. to you with like, "Hey, I just broke yeah. this." Like yeah. that's that's always my favorite when I go to the toolbox and I know I have the the tool to remove the axle bearings and I know I'm very careful with my tools. <laughs> but There's other ongoing people expenses are not. when right. they break them. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, so fast forward Sunday night. You know, they turned it down.
0: Oh, I didn't know So
2: Saturday morning, I said, go ahead and pull the plug. We're not selling that product anymore. I just can't deal with it. I don't need that black eye. Right. And so I walked across the street, just kitty corner from our diagonal from our shop existing. Me and this guy were about $100,000 apart. I offered him 50 grand more for the building. He sells me the building. His wife goes, yeah, we've been praying about this. We want you to have it. We were just being greedy. Please, let's do the deal. Two days later, Vanessa calls me on Sunday night at 11 o'clock and says, you better check your email. I said, it's late, babe. She goes, no, check your email. I pull up my email. They said, if you want to buy our company, we'll take your offer. We'll reopen the door. We'll accept your offer. We'll close by Wednesday. Next thing you know, we get a semi full of parts. I mean, everything just lumped in totes. It's like buying someone's house and then just putting it in one box. Oh, jeez. It
1: was brutal. They sent us a list and said like, here's everything. And then that was not everything. It was not even close to everything. And so our count was astronomical, as far as basically took over the entire warehouse when they dropped it off. It was a semi-loadful, and it definitely was. And it was in no like no particular order. It was very everything was mixed together. It was more of like a get this shit out of my warehouse.
2: Yeah,
0: (laughs) that's a very odd way to. to
2: Well, but now, but it kind of explained to you why there was supply chain problems, why they didn't have track of everything, right? But the beauty of it is, we own the patents to mounts. we are using some of the existing products that we made before, we can supply all that stuff. And we've really, in the last year, just focused on building out the ecosystem. So we'll have everything from a stand that goes on your desk to something that you can use in your kitchen, out on the deck, whatever, mounts for your motorcycles. We've got um, ones that fold over, ones that zip tie on, kind of, so you can use them on your stroller, in your semi-truck, in your bulldozer. Uh, we have ones that just mount on the dash. So you got a street rod, you got a motorhome, you got a, a boat. And right. So it's a really a full ecosystem in that people may, you know, look at it and go, well, everybody has a magnetic phone mount thing, right? Well, the key to ours is it's stronger than everybody else's. You it's can. it's modular,
0: too. Yeah. And you're not locked to a certain kind of case.
2: No, you just put that little disc on the back of your case. Um, Vanessa's over there. She's got a pop socket, so she's trying to show a visual. How are you going to do this on the radio? Go. Right.
1: <laughs> this is how i'm gonna do it are you ready okay. i'm yeah. just kidding <laughs> i'm not it's hard not to sit here and play with it though because right? we all love we all love our pop sockets but this one is removable
0: yeah so the, that's all
1: anybody needs to know it's magnetically removable yeah the thing is is you have a mount in
0: your truck you have a mount in your uh in like your side by side you have Correct. a truck or even on your in obviously on your motorcycle um it's modular it's going to move around right. and it's going to be very user friendly absolutely back to the business side of things like some people like i think everybody kind of knows like the clockworks name and and you guys are celebrating the 25th year of clockworks Mm -hmm. um as a business and as a family because you guys have a little bit different dynamic in your shop Um, one of the things that i always love to talk about with you brian and i've always championed since i've heard about it was the fact that you guys have these amazing morning meetings where um, your team is encouraged to share what happened good Maybe something that yep. didn't happen that was so good, and, yep. and something they maybe need help with. And, you know, I've struggled with my motorcycle shop to try to integrate some sort of an idea of, of you know, kind of reappropriate that so that we can start the day in a positive manner. And, and I have I feel like I have failed in that. And what, what is the key? What is the key to that?
2: I think it's just really consistency. You know, every morning um, we ask everybody, what were the wins from yesterday? And so some guy might say, well, you know, we shipped five pallets to drag. Um, We've got these many pieces assembled over here. We got this rapid prototype project done and we're gonna fit it today on this thing, whatever it is. And some days you might have two wins and some days you might have 10, right? There may be a lot of conversation or no conversation, but it can be five minutes or it can be 50 minutes. It doesn't really matter, but we don't really focus on the time so much as the quantity or quality of what we're trying to talk about. And then we want to know about how your kid did at the track meet. We want to know about the fact that your grandma's being affected with cancer and you're going to leave and go to the hospital at 3 o'clock today. And I think what that does is just makes it more cohesive, even though some days it may be super boring for some people. And yet, if we don't have it and we just pulled it away, which we did, I don't know, a long time ago for a week, because everybody kind of got frustrated with it. As soon as we pulled it away, then all of a sudden people came to me and said, um, can, we, can we do that again? Can we start that back up? Because right. it just doesn't feel right, you know? It's more of like an exercise that you do every day in positivity that just says, we're gonna pray about what's happening. If we're in trouble, someone else is in trouble, or we just maybe wanna give a praise of thanks that says, you know, we're so stoked, like we're stoked to be here. We're stoked to be on this ship and on this cruise, you know? And we're very fortunate to have people walk up that know our brands, share stuff with us, and when tragedy hits like in 2019 our shop got flooded suddenly everybody comes in in their shorts and flip-flops and knows we're going to get muddy and dirty and it's it's ugly but we know from sharing in the circle all the time and making almost everyone speak at any given day that we know what she's good at what he's good at they can lead this part they'll be better at this part and so you're able to put people in positions to work within their gifts hopefully right and maybe take me out of the equation, which is always a blessing for all of them, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's something that I struggle with is not, I wanna be involved in everything that happens in my business, but I realize that the more things I'm involved in, the less ability I have to to grow things and to look for new opportunities. Are, did, does the entire staff, like does the office staff uh, participate in this meeting as well? Yep.
1: Yeah, nobody, ha- you pretty much don't have a choice. No, you're, I think that's you're good. You're there, and it's, yeah, and it's not a bad thing, it's really more just to give you an idea of like, take take advantage of the fact, like share some gratitude in this situation, right? Everything's everything's a win, like even if it's not to somebody else, it's basically showing your vulnerability or in general of like, hey, I knocked this out of the park today and maybe nobody even knew. Like we, now that we have two buildings, that's a huge thing for us because we're, we don't really make it over to the other building because we're so engrossed in what's going on in the building we're in. And so we try to make a point of going over there just to see like, how's the warehouse looking? How's everybody doing over there and communicating? In the morning, the benefit of it is that that whole warehouse, or I won't call it the warehouse, the distribution center is right. what it is for us because we distribute worldwide now. Um, it makes them come over. It makes them kind of enjoy other people and check in. And so we try to leave some things in between where you have to go back and forth between the two buildings just to keep people connected. Otherwise, it's very easy to kind of like put yourself on an island and say, I'm just in my space and that's Yeah, it.
0: I call that bulldogging where people have a tendency to kind of bulldog the part of the day that is that they feel is, is their most biggest responsibility. But I feel like that puts up these these, these unnecessary. Um, it puts out like, like an energy, kind mm-hmm. of like when you have two magnets, you know, mm-hmm. like I O mounts. If you flip mm-hmm. them over and they don't want it, they yep. repel each other, right? Um, I think you mentioned something just a minute ago, and, and I try to get my staff to do this is like a daily affirmation of how lucky we are to be able to be in the motorcycle business, and you know, all of the extracurricular things that surround that is important.
2: It, yeah, absolutely, and I mean, there's even in your toughest days or your toughest times right you still have it better than a lot of people right and and so but the thing is just to be thankful for that and grateful for that and sometimes i think our team misses when a bunch of us are on the road and we're not there i'm really looking forward to november december because we'll be in the building more we built a fabulous kitchen and uh all these ladies here <laughs> can cook way better than me. Uh, I can maybe make a frozen pizza if somebody needs it, that's about You're it. Boil some water. Yeah. Say, he's
1: giving himself credit where no credit is due. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I can make a pizza frozen.
2: <laughs> so yeah, it's, uh, but then, you know, if all of a sudden we can have like, you know, hey, let's have people bring stuff in crock pots, you guys bring a salad, somebody else make some cookies or something. And then we can actually, even get together and eat there because you spend more time at work almost than you do with your family. So the more you can be like family at work, I think is important to me. A lot of people will say, I don't want that. You know, I'd rather just do my job, let them do their job. And that's okay. But in in the moment of need, in the moment of you need somebody, you're, you're lonely, something's happened, you got a divorce. In the moment that you're in the hospital, the moment that you are so excited and you want to celebrate your kid winning the state basketball tournament, we wanna celebrate with you, right? We wanna high five you as well. And so on Wednesday, I have everybody look back one week and right. tell me where the blessing was. And that means not like, I hate answers like phone it in, like, oh, my family was my blessing. Okay, but really let's drill down. What part of your family? Was it your your son or daughter calling you? Was it somebody getting up in the morning and your, your little kid said something like this? Was it the guy who opened the door for you at the grocery store? Was it the person who let you into traffic?
0: You know. The fact that you guys do that, and, and I really want to kind of try to focus on that because it, it, it really kind of imparts why you're successful and how you're successful. Um, the, the companies that do that, I mean, I know that you can, it's real easy to say, like, oh, no, we're all family here, right? Yeah. And I've, I've even had my employees that I have right now that are super close with me, and that's why they work with me and work for me, um, say that. And then they're kind of like, you know, it's kind of like almost an anecdote where they're like, yeah, we're you know, we're not family, but we're like family. You know, it it's it's an uncomfortable conversation that they have with themselves about that, that the most successful companies are the ones that do that and that mm-hmm. teach that affirmation and that has to be a part of I know you build windshields and I know you build IO mounts and I know you build bars. Yeah. But you're actually building um character within your brand where you're going to attract positivity if you're putting that out. You know, you can manifest negative things to happen and you can also manifest positive things to happen. And that's like so critical.
1: We just try to have a different culture in general. It's, I mean, it does it so hard. I mean, I've, I've come from the corporate world where some, you don't get that attention. You're just I wanted to ask number. you that
0: too. Like, what is your background? Like, obviously oh, you didn't just, did
1: you like,
0: <laughs> did you like show up at Clockworks one day needing a windshield and uh, nope. end up you know, nope. falling in love with the proprietor?
1: <laughs> um, I actually was working for a CPA who had a client who made exhaust and that client said one of their customers needed somebody to help them in with their accounting so then I ended up leaving that CPA working for that company for I don't know five six years that's actually how I met Brian he was still very married at the time and I was in a completely different relationship and then um, as time went on I drifted away so my real background is originally from is actually real estate accounting okay Um, so that's kind of like how I got into the whole thing and how I just kind of jumped in worked with that company went back to working for um, a CPA after a little while and then went to work for a commercial real estate company out of LA and I loved it. And eventually Ryan and I were talking and I found a mutual friend of ours is actually how we got reintroduced. And then, um, I guess more or less the rest is history. He came to California and we hung out and next thing I know I was in South Dakota and then I said, I think I'm going to move. And that was what, maybe 30 days. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, 30 days after we started hanging out. So, um, yeah, it's it's good though.
0: It's funny how those, some of the most substantive, Uh, relationships and I think we do this very well in our industry is that we can suss out people that aren't there for the right reasons and aren't there and I think that's why we have such um, such a small I I always tell people we're working for the smallest billion dollar industry that I know Mm. of and I mean you know you me Vanessa we're one or two phone calls away from any CEO and most of us have the CEOs, yeah, number, you know, yeah. like I, I don't, I don't know Fred Fox, but yeah. I know Tom. Yeah, right? yeah. So, I mean, if I, if I needed something and I feel like people like Fred Fox are somebody that actually promote this industry in such a fervent manner and they're not aggressive, but they're very, I mean, I don't know what the right yeah. superlative is to say like, you know, he's moving things forward because he sees promise uh, promising people. And, and he puts his money where his mouth is on that. And so that's why drag has the kind of culture that they have.
2: Well, you know? and, and, your, and your, to your point, our staff has ebbed and flowed and some days we're this big and some days we're this big and, and people leave and everybody's like, oh man, you're done. You lost that guy. Like that's the guy, that was your guy. And yeah, they're our guy, but everyone in here is trained to sell stuff and to be knowledgeable about our parts. We can all talk in the morning meeting We know kind of what they're going through in the distribution side. We kind of know what's happening over here on the production side of life. We know what's happening in the marketing side and what's coming out, right? And so when that happens, that allows you to, I think, flow should there be a downfall in something and and keep it moving. But Terry Vance uh, is one of my big mentors and Terry told me years and years ago, he goes, Brian, it's all about customer service. He said that guy might come up to you and hate that windshield or say it's cracked or it's got a mark on it or something just because he wants out of it give him a new one i'm like i can't just give him a new one terry he's like no the more you just give him a new one or the more you take care of stuff the more it will play back in your favor you're not going to see it year one but you're going to see it more year five and you're really going to know in year 10 and now we're 25 years in business, and you know, when people call and they're mad about a product or mad about something that got shipped to them, we can usually narrow it down to like one person and who sent it to them. And we can fix that guy's problem, even if he doesn't like dealing with that personality. Right. We've got all these other personalities in the building. And what we just need them to understand is, sir, what would your solution be in this, in this situation? We want to hear from you as a customer. So part of it is listening. That makes you a better communicator that makes you a better spouse, a better person, a better employee, whatever the case is, right? So, if you're listening to the customer and the customer says, this is what I want, I'm not happy with this size windshield, okay, well, no problem, we don't we don't want you to be unhappy, we don't know why you picked that one, we don't know what dealership gave you that one, we don't know who your friend is that told talked you into it, but it's not the right one for your height, for you and your passenger, whatever the case is, so let's just get you the one you want. And that inevitably seems to make lifelong customers, you know, I've met people here on the boat that are like, yeah, this is my, I've got eight windshields from you over the years. You know, I have your windshield, I have the windshield trim. I kind of was wondering about what's next. And I'm like, well, have you seen our handlebars? And they're like, no, what do you mean? Well, there's, you know, five inches of adjustability on the ends, and you can go back and forth and the whole deal and like, Oh, are they on the ship? Is it somewhere I can see them? You know? And so they buy into you as a brand, right? I'll be standing there somebody will walk up and say hey can you take our picture and it's this group over here and i take the picture and some guys laugh and they like do you know you just had brian clock take your photo you should be taking a photo with him <laughs> and, and it's okay i don't I, I love that they don't know who yeah, i am Yeah,
0: some anonymity is pretty cool especially when you know um i always tell people i wish i could be the fly on the wall in the room where there's a conversation regarding me for the express purpose of becoming a better human mm-hmm. becoming a better friend like, you know you don't always get you get a lot of negative input from people i think especially the more mm-hmm. you more people you know like you you know you know when you do something wrong mm-hmm. you don't know when you do something right and you don't know when you do something that's 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 meaningful or substantive like people are not going to tell you always that hey you know you really changed this situation for me because of this i mean we have the ability to do that because people are so passionate about what we do for them, mm-hmm. that we can get that feedback if we know, if mm-hmm. we're tuned into the frequency and we listen, right, because that's the mm-hmm. number one most important thing about sales. If you listen mm-hmm. to somebody, they will tell you how much money they have, how much money they want to spend, um, you know, all of those things, what their expectations are. Yeah. Like you had mentioned, like the wrong size windshield. Mm-hmm. Well, if you listen <coughs> to the conversation and know there's a key couple of key questions to ask, mm-hmm. um, they're going to tell you everything that you really need to know in that.
1: Yeah, I think it's, I mean, Overall, just the, just trying to create the culture, like we were saying, is is huge because not everybody understands that, you know, and to your point of business is hard and you don't, you're saying the more stuff you get involved in, the harder it is, right? Because we're supposed to be working on the business, not in the business. And so we fortunately have a good staff to help do that. And a couple people that are strategically placed right now <laughs> um, know that as well. And they're constantly reminding us, like, step back, let us do it, let us do it, because it is hard. We're not worried about just raising our own family, we're worried about raising, you know, 30 people's families and making sure that they're in a place where they're happy and they're, you know, not, they don't feel like they're being taken advantage of or anything like that. And so we try to make it very open and where people can talk to us whenever about whatever. So I don't know if, um, I guess sometimes I, I think like Brian and I had a conversation last week and it was just like, you're not wrong. Like you were just saying... You always hear the negative, you don't hear the positive. And sometimes you hear the positive, but you hear the positive from the same person, right? Or the same people. And it's right. like, I don't want to hear it from those people. People don't understand. A lot of times your employees don't understand how hard it is to run a business. And it's like, it's not just about you. It's about all of those people. You have a whole team here that we're trying to support. So,
0: yeah. And so let me ask you this then, because I know you still operate in all of this. Mm-hmm. You still have managed to operate what people would consider be the neighborhood bike shop. You still employ people that put cams in, you still employ people that do stuff like that, do you not? We,
2: we don't. Um, we actually stopped doing that because it got to be too much. I couldn't handle trying to make 10,000 parts for you know, drag specialties and try to do all the service. And I, thought I, f- I felt like I was falling down. I wasn't letting people have the best experience. Now, the problem we have in Mitchell is every one of those little bike shops in our area has gone right. under. Okay. And so people are coming back to us. Hey, can you put these handlebars on my bike? I just want this one thing, right? Well, once you get it in the lift, then they want seven other things, sure. which is a, is a blessing. But my goal is to, I mean, I could do that for my Jerusalem or for, for my Mitchell, right? I can right. take care of that. But I, I, I can't do that and make sure that every other little shop has, has, the, their job. has the best parts that they can have. And to me, that's my bigger picture. Like, I feel like Clockworks is up here not down here and not that we can't do down here but if i do it's going to take my focus away from you know supplying the best parts in australia the best parts in germany the best parts in the nation in canada it
0: would would put a wrench in what people are doing you know people that are trying to sell your product out in you know in the masses yeah are are gonna are gonna uh suffer from that if you're not able to provide the product that right they need like
2: if you look at the boat the bikes on the ship here uh, our bike isn't as extravagant as even Jeff Zielinski from NAMS or Nick Trask's or one of Paul Yaffe's, right? But I feel like what Clockworks does is brings the parts for every man.
0: I was just going to say that bike, you're right, right? Jeff Zielinski's got all the Ribuffini parts on it, so yeah. it's very extreme, but that that's kind of his, that's his niche that, you know, he builds bikes for himself and then, you know, he moves that money to to do the next build. But I think that everybody walks up to your bike and you know what I think everybody says, they're like, that's like my bike. All I need to do is this, all I need to get is this, I need a windshield and I need a bar, right? Yeah. It's it's attainable. attainable. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah.
1: We try, and that's a big thing for us is we, we know we're not always the cheapest, but we do pride ourselves on trying to be the best, you know? And so, and we, but we, also try to make it affordable so that you can do it. So to your point, people have been down there and my favorite was yesterday. I think I walked up and I scared some guys and said, "Hey, like is there, you have any questions about the bike?" And they just looked at me like, "You don't even know anything about this." And it was like, "Well," and you start running it off and they're like, "That that's all that's on this bike." And it's like, "Yeah, it's not, you know, it's to your point. My bike is just like this and I can and so it's like, now it's attainable. I can do that too." So it's, it's always good to hear people say that kind of stuff and know like, "Hey, I'm helping you get reach your goal of it's my bike, you know, it's your ride, you decide is what we like to say, so.
0: Let me ask you both a question, and I want to hear both from, from both of you individually about this. So, a lot of people, you know, the GarageBelt podcast, a lot of our listeners are are people that are, you know, the Chris and Rebecca Rangs that have a nice little shop in Gillette, Wyoming, and then you have Sousa Cycles who, they're just getting ready to move out of their garage. And I have found that the biggest barrier to growth in my company has been, not this company, but the CycleStop USA mm-hmm. brand, is... I feel like I've been people poor and I have tried and i this is probably a conversation that I need to sit down with with both of you afterwards and, and really drill down. But give some advice to people that are growing and working those 18, 20 hour days some days and not being able to go to the little league game, not being able to take, you know, their daughter to, to dance class. Give them give them a, a something to to, you know, aspire to in, in, in that
2: well i think obviously it's in a when you're in growth mode it is hammer down all all hands on deck right so i don't know that i was probably maybe the best dad ever to uh, erica and carly uh, my two stepdaughter from my previous marriage um, because i wasn't i couldn't be there all the time i just couldn't be there all the time right and now um you know i have a 13 year old stepdaughter with vanessa and our son cargo who's two and i find myself pulling back a little more but it's only because I'm not people poor, all right? I have, you know, like these amazing ladies sitting out here that'll be just ready to jump in and go, do you want me to take care of the kid? Do you want me to do this, you know? And part of that is that family atmosphere thing that you create. And the other thing that's hard to gauge really is, you know, that guy works for you, he works in the distribution center, but maybe his ultimate goal was to be a motorcycle mechanic. So I'm very clear with them when they come in that you can work in the motorcycle world and not be a mechanic or not be the custom bike builder or not be the welder. But I, you're just super smart and I need you in the distribution center. We need you to be this part on the team. If you can do that part on the team, you'll still get to go to events. You'll still get to go on a ride. You'll still get to build a bike. It's just your primary focus has to be this because that's where I need your gifts, right? And so that's a, it's a tough thing, but then to, to be able to bring those people up and let them ebb and flow into the positions they want, or they desire to be in life, and then maybe put someone underneath them. It's a constant, evolving, constant educational process to make sure that you hear and you listen to their needs. And I'm not the best at that. Vanessa's way better at it than I am. But
1: you know, it's just a, it's the idea of it. it takes a team <coughs> takes a team to win the Super Bowl. Brian pounds his fist on that big time. So you know it's and that's true. It takes you know every. I'm great at accounting. I'm great at other things. I just have been really good at that my whole life and kind of my mom got me started in that really young. So that's kind of why I have so much passion there. And then, you know, there's the Denise's and the Rita's and Jason's and everybody that is, they have to contribute. Everybody has to contribute for us to be able to do what we want to do. And, you know, what was it we called in Lynchburg, they call it your grievances or whatever, Um, you know, write down your grievances and burn them in this pig and And it's like, Brian's like, well, then I'm saying I have regrets and I have this and I have that. And it's like, no, not really. I feel like we we all have our grievances in some way, right? Somebody's to that point of this person in the distribution center. They don't want to do that forever. That's not their, that's, they were hoping coming here that they would get to build a bike or whatever. And it's, we try to include everybody in, if they say, I really want to do this. Okay, well, how can we make that work? How can we include you in on it? Um, I think the hardest thing that people don't understand is the growth aspect of it because there's tons of sacrifices that have to be made. And you know, like my daughter right now, right before we left, you're leaving again, you know? And it's like, well, do you have any performances coming up or any of this like that I'm missing? And last year we missed a lot. We missed a lot of performances and she was bummed, but it's not Wednesday, but my blessing is the fact that I have grandma there, you know, to watch the kids and to help out and you create that community. And if grandma wasn't there, then I know that Denise or Rita would easily step in or Danny or whomever would step in and take care of the kids so that we could do, we could be here with you. Right. And there's a lot of sacrifices that just go into trying to make this brand successful, but we couldn't do it without our team. And it takes a team to win the Super Bowl. Yeah,
0: it does. I I use uh, football references all the time (laughs) because it's easy. I'm like, you know, one of the things that I always say in business is that the the Baltimore, you know, uh, the the Indianapolis, I almost said Baltimore Colts, Mm -hmm. the Indianapolis Colts (laughs) need the Patriots. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to go through that. You you need like strong, healthy competitors to raise your game. I mean, you know, if, if If you took all the best players in the world and put them on one team and they beat everybody, well, then that's not, it's not fun.
2: No, and I think what happens is people, people are very egocentric, ego driven. Doesn't matter who they are, right? They want what they want, okay? And if you can build in a grace meter where this is what I really want, but I know that's kind of what you really want. So can we meet in the middle and that's the, the grace factor of saying, okay, this time, let's do it your way. Next time, let's do it my way or whatever, you know, and let's just keep going and you'll find the best processes and work through the best opportunities, if you will. And so when I, you know, somebody just starts working for me, I'll say, you know, okay, now just remember relationships are everything. okay. and that means my relationship with my vendor, that means my relationship with my customer, my relationship with my fellow employee, because we all have that day where you're going to say something that offends that person or you're going to do something that offends that person. And it's how you work through that that really matters because you can't celebrate the wins with somebody if you're you're a taker. Oh, you're right. And you take all the time, right? And you can't celebrate the wins with somebody if all you do is give because then you never win. And so there's a grace factor in the middle of all of it. And I think that's the hardest part to maneuver. And the only way you can get to that point is to over communicate. Like I tell them, I'd rather you send me 50 emails. I don't care. I'd rather know more or be subjected to more than I need. So that way, if there's some way I could play in, even for two seconds and say, what about this? I can help. If I can't, I can't. But my team and, and, uh, you know, Dave and Jason and and, uh, Jeff are all over there right now. So we can be just on the other side of this dining room doing this podcast, Right. right? And they're adamant that I don't come in that booth. They would prefer I wasn't even in there, right? Because the minute I get in there, somebody goes, oh, hey, you're Brian Clock. And they want to talk to me, and then these guys don't get to do what they do, right? Right. I'm better off walking across the ship and running into the random guy that we just saw at the elevator and goes, hey, Brian, how are you doing? And I no, recognize I his face, yeah. but that's it? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'm from Indiana. I have your windshield. I was looking at your handlebars or you know looking at the phone mount. I never knew you had the phone mounts until this, this cruise, right? So not everything's going to be a win.
0: No, but there is some wind to take out of that. You know there's data that's out there that, or that's not out there. Like, we, okay, how do we reach somebody that would be on this cruise, which is mm-hmm. a good demographic for, obviously a good demographic for the motor, custom motorcycle industry. I mean, they're here. They've paid to be on this cruise. And so we have this captive audience for a minute. So we should take something back away from that. I mean, mm-hmm. I try to take something away for every conversation that I have. But, you know, definitely if somebody's willing to give you input, sometimes, like you said, it's not the input you want, but sometimes it's the input that you need
1: well you learn something new every day so
0: no we definitely do just,
1: just have to know what it just have to know what it was that you learned
0: <laughs> <laughs> you you mentioned well in the reflective piece of your morning meetings is going to you know hopefully draw that out right it's going to mm-hmm. suss that out you'd mentioned um you, you started to touch on it and i thought you were going to go uh, a little deeper on it so i i want to bring it up so you said like you know you're going to have somebody do it their way once and then you're going to try it your way mm-hmm. a second I, I use that as i call that my days of thunder um idea is, remember when uh, yep. Tom Cruise was wasting tires and um, the, what was it, Robert, um, I can't remember his last name, but he yeah. was in Godfather and stuff, he said, okay, do it your <coughs> way, my way, and he kind of showed him, right? It's really hard sometimes because it can be very costly to, those are very expensive lessons and if somebody takes a lot out of them, that's great, but man, they can be costly. Yeah, and
2: you're, you're going to have, that's that's kind of a, a built-in, unexpected expense when that happens and yet i'll find myself and we're talking about one little part that we want to cerakote on a bike that we want to do for daytona and we're building an older bagger a skinny tire bagger because those bikes are still prevalent people still own them people can buy them they're affordable we need to bring them up so they're popular now too yeah so i bring that bike in and we're talking about a cerakote part and i realize that two of these guys get it and the other three are like not really on board with me and so I'm like, "Okay, let's let's talk about this. If this was your bike, how would you do it?" And next thing you know, it's a 45-minute conversation about how they would prefer to build that bike. But through it, it allows me to help them with my experience and train them that, "Okay, let's look at this bike as a line drawing, okay? If the, if the stance is right and the parts are right, it doesn't matter if it's pink, brown, yellow, gold, whatever color. We don't have to agree." Right. But if the stance is right, and the lines are right, and the parts are right, you're going you're gonna to win. But you got to build it for every man, not just for your brain, right? Because if you build it just for your brain, yeah, that's great. You're going to appeal to this many people, okay? If we can go around the room and get all the ideas of everybody sitting here, and we build that same bike, and three of them like this part, and one person likes that part, let's go with the three, and let's just see what we can do. The one might have had some incredible detail, and a great idea and as soon as that one person brings it up now they got these three or four people on board because i didn't even think of that that would be super cool with this right and so it's that collaborative effort that we try to do across industry across with other shops i mean we've built bikes with shops just so they can help promote maybe they don't have the vision i have maybe they can't see what i see and i'm like you could take the same little soft tail only add these parts and it's a it's a you know it's a
0: showstopper yeah it gets people's attention it's a
2: loaded the bases hit it may not be your home run but the bases are loaded you did great and now you can generate some revenue off that or you can sell it to a customer or you can do it for another customer do it for another customer it makes it repeatable and so the one thing i you know vanessa and uh, denise and everybody who's sitting here will criticize me on is you didn't train us right I get that from my shop it's good
1: to know you heard me. I mean, no, because you go too fast,
2: right? You're just too excited to do it. And everybody laughs and jokes about me taking selfies. Okay. And I really have it down on how you hold the camera and how you use the button and how you move your arm and watch the angles and do this thing. And, and as long as I'm on the right side and everybody else is on the left side, the camera's so on the left, works. yeah, the, the lens on the left side of the camera. And that seemed fundamentally so simple to me that it didn't matter. And Denise uh, said, hey, we're going to this wedding in Connecticut. Show me how to do that again. So I showed her how to do it. And then when Denise got back from the wedding in Connecticut, she was like, you know how many people I taught to take a selfie? And now they're calling them clockies, which is even stupider. No, but it's kind of funny. It is. But, I mean, so there's just those little things that you can hand off the torch to somebody. And that's why it doesn't matter if there's Brian Clock in Clockworks. It really doesn't. I mean, my whole goal 25 years ago was to build somewhere that – if something happens to me, these people can still plug in and Clockworks is known for the coolest parts and the most quality parts, not necessarily the cheapest parts, but you're not gonna have to buy one every year. I would agree with that. I mean, you know,
0: one of the things that I, I love about anytime I get to talk to somebody who's done what you've done and or kind of navigated similar waters, we still have this precocious nature to us, right? Where we're still excited about what we do and we kind of it's 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 not infantile, but it's definitely it's not the it's not the place where the best decisions are made. So, how do you obviously being somebody who you have it at home as well as at work? <laughs> so God love you because you're married to somebody who gets still gets excited about going to work and doing and being creative. But it, it, there has to be. You know, I think a lot of people. You mentioned a lot of shops have gone out of business. It probably wasn't because of a lack of intestinal fortitude. It was probably because they excited themselves out of profitability and maybe made some decisions that were less than favorable so how how do you how do you converge those two things and still allow him to be creative but still make sure that he's profitable so that all of the people who work for clockworks and all the vendors like myself that rely on product from clockworks can can have the product and they can they can produce it
1: i think you really it's the idea of you know plan for the worst and hope for the best you know, and we've had to do that several times because there's things that were, you know, it takes money to make money, right? Right. And obviously the return isn't always as fast as you'd like it to be. And so you kind of have to just keep that in mind and be prepared for like, hey, if I'm going to renovate this building and we're planning on, you know, 150,000, then make sure you have double that sitting there, you know, because something could go terribly wrong. We may not know, you know, and so you just have to plan accordingly. And we do the same thing with all the parts. You know, we just try to always protect what's there and, keep in mind that like, Hey, I have enough money for this, this, and this. And if all shit goes wrong, then we're actually, it doesn't matter if it goes wrong, you know, because we have built up this storehouse to be able to be okay. Um, I think that's kind of the hardest part is knowing when to, when to say no. I think to your point, Brian's very creative and I think more, more recently lately I've had to be like, no, like we need to pump the brakes. We've got huge projects going on with new product. And you know, we've got so much new product in the making right now that it's like we got to pump the brakes on all the other things that we want to do just to make sure that those get off across the line and we can start seeing the return on those investments. Otherwise you're just, you know, digging a hole deeper and deeper and deeper and you don't, you don't know, a lot of people don't know when to stop to be able to, to get out of it still. And I think we've had a couple where we've had to make some tough decisions as to, you know, great ideas. And, you know, we have a production list that's what four or five pages long of things that we want to make. And I can't remember who, whose podcast it was that I was listening to or, um, But the book, oh, it was a book. That's what it was. Um, Not The Great Game of Business, but the, help me out here, Brian, the one that Kyle gave us.
2: The Pat Riley one? Yes, the Pat Riley one.
1: The Winner Within. And so then it was um, that and The Great Game of Business are two books that were referred to us. But it was basically saying, like, you need to make this list into a now, later, and no flat out. And so we've been working on kind of those types of things and saying, hey, this we're absolutely going to, we want to make sure we get out there because it doesn't matter when it comes out. And then there's things that like, we could potentially get to this, but we don't know when it's going to happen with everything else that's happening as it is. And then there's the absolutely not, we've got to cut the fat and not not do it. Right. Um, Which is hard because he'll still, he'll still do it. He might still say, I really want to make this part. I'm just not going to make it available to the public, you know, because too, if we make something like that available to the public, there might be something that we price ourselves right out of because of the detail that goes into it. And so it's a lot of times in what we've been kind of working more towards is, Hey, here's a product. Here's some, I don't know, new risers or something, right? That we want to make, but then we go backwards into it. And we're like, this is, this isn't even comparable to the rest of the market because there's so much design element inside of it. And I love that he's creative, but then it becomes, okay. Some people are like, it's okay. I'll pay for it. Okay. But it's not a part of my release to the public. So you'd have to see it on a bike to know that it even exists or know the person who has it on their bike to know that it even exists but it's really just i don't know really just being able to say no and i think that's a lot that's a hard thing for people to hear and a lot of times it's a hard thing for people to accept and so because you just want to do it all you know and you can't do it all
0: i want to talk to you about something when it comes to manufacturing that is a hot button for some people and some people they're just like they literally just for lack of a better term don't don't give it. Don't give a fuck about it. Like they just, it doesn't show up on their radar. Um, <clears throat> and that is, uh, there are people who will reappropriate other people's parts. And there's lots of ways that they justify it. Sometimes they justify it because they think they have better machining processes. Sometimes people justify it because they have, they can produce it cheaper. Um, it's a, it's, it's something that you may not want to talk about. in um, but it's something that I've had the conversation with lots of different people and. Tell me, how, tell me how you view that situation as a professional and as somebody who is, you have, um, you have made it known and you've done through, 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 through action uh, that you want to make sure that everybody has a seat at the table. So how do you, how do you deal with that?
2: Well, for me, it's like, it, I mean, people are knocking off our windshields on a regular basis, right? Whether they're doing it in China or whether they're doing it right here in the U.S. You may be a company in Colorado making the same thing we're making. They're just making it out of a different um, type of material. (coughs) Excuse me. Now they're also replicating our processes. So the Try It Before You Buy It program, now that's what they're doing. And then they put out an e-blast and it comes even to me and says, Hey, we've got this great program. Of course you do. But we've been doing this since 2007. Right. And so... I guess Arlen Ness told me um, way back, I saw a guy do this bike in Daytona, it had wood grain on it, had the certain colors on it, and it was exactly a variation of the bike that I'd built in my head. Mm-hmm. And Arlen said to me, do it, do it Brown Clockway." I said, what do you mean? He goes, you're going to build that same bike, but are you going to use that color? I said, no, I would never use that color, it doesn't go good with the wood. And he goes, okay, then there, there's one thing right there, just do it your way. Do it the bolts you'd want to use. Do it the style of wheels you'd want to use, Brian. Don't listen to them. Put the blinders on and the money will come, right? I thought that was crazy, okay? And yet, when we did the windshield, everybody's like, man, you're $50, $50 more than the factory Harley windshield. I'm like, I know, but if I don't charge $50 more, I can't include Drake specialties. I can't include everybody to the end dealer. And so I have to be where I have to be. Well, now everybody's making windshields for the same price I am. Okay, so we were right. It does take that much time, does take that much creativity and that much tooling to make it, right? I always stayed away from certain things like the seat business, right? I'm friends with Mike Corbin. I'm friends with David Eckert at Saddleman, with Christine LaPera, with the folks that used to own Mustang. So I didn't really want to get in the seat business, you know? Right. And so I feel the kind of the same way about foot pegs and floorboards. I feel like sometimes people get, you know, wound up into those situations and... There's like, well, I can make a twelve point gas cap. He's got a twelve point gas cap, and uh, this other—it's—it's a, it's a running joke. Twelve right. point uh, gas cap yeah, for us.
0: It seems like there's a bunch everywhere.
2: Yeah, and they, and what happens is these guys are like, I built the first twelve point gas cap. Check it out. Okay, well, no, you didn't. Arnold Ness has had it out since 2018. I had it on my first bike, and you're telling me in 2022 you did the first one, and so that's a little bit of a weird deal. It's like, couldn't you just make the gas cap and make it your way? Or do you have to put out the ultimatum that says, I did it first, or I did it best, or I'm the man, right? It's like, there's your ego getting out of control. Just make the parts and find the customer base that you can sell the parts to. I mean, we're in Daytona, j cycles Cycle sets us up and it's Clockworks in Memphis Shades. We are right next door to each other, <laughs> right? <laughs> and the guy from Memphis Shades, you know, he'll walk by and he'll come up there and he'll go, man, this guy works the death out of you guys and he's standing there eating an ice cream cone. And I tell my guys, I go, yeah, but he's standing there eating an ice cream cone. He's not working. Exactly, he's not selling anything.
0: That's, a, that's that Huckleberry Finn deal, right? Or that yeah. Tom Sawyer deal yeah. where you, you try to, next thing you know, you're not, you have to get the pe- fence painted, but you're not even painting the fence. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, and so that's, a, that's the deal for me. It's like, okay, I see all these people wanting to jump in, make the same stuff, or make the same exhaust that this other guy did, because this guy had a creative idea, and he made something that everybody wants. Right. And so a lot of it's, you know, put the blinders on, just do it our way, do it the clockworks way. Right. And we've had people go to the Harley windshield when they kind of knocked us off and they said, well, I figured they had you figured out by now it's 2014. They came out with the windshield and the vent and the windshield looks like yours. And then they go ride it and they're like, it's not the same. I feel like I just cheated on my girlfriend. Like, can I try it again? Yeah, yeah right? for sure, yeah. try it again. Yep. And that makes them lifelong customers because you're not judging them for making another decision. The guy who's at McDonald's doesn't care if you went to Burger King or Wendy's. His real hope is that you come back to McDonald's because those fries don't taste the same at Burger King or Wendy's.
0: No, that's a good that's a good analogy. And you know, that's why I wanted to ask you because I thought you had a very mindful and thoughtful Way to articulate that because, like I said, if some people are like, "I don't give a F, you know. A, that's
2: what I was just going to say. Did I step away from it, or you said you don't no. have to answer this? And I thought, well, I, that is my answer. No, I think you it's a. I know, I think it's a fantastic
0: answer. That's I wanted a true. I wanted an honest answer, and you gave me the most honest answer you could give me, is that if you do what you do and focus on what you do, uh, you said it earlier uh, that the money will come, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, it's not all about money, but it, but everything at the end of the day it costs money and you have to make money. And you know, money's like a tool. It doesn't right, but to be, you're, you' know. but
2: you're But you're here doing a podcast and there's hundreds of guys doing podcasts, right? Right, But millions. at the end of the day, they want, it's how you deliver it, it's how you present the story, how you ask the questions that they wanna hear. And so there's X amount of people that are gonna to listen to this guy, X amount of people are gonna to listen to this girl guy, and so on. And so I think there's plenty of room. It's just when you're, when your ego gets so big and you say, I'm the only one that could do this. I'd be like, I'm the only one that can make windshields. No. There's a bunch of people that make windshields. Yeah. Do I think mine are more stylish and more sexy and more functional than everybody else's? Of course. Otherwise, I wouldn't be in it.
0: Well, you wouldn't put that little, you wouldn't put your little spade logo on it that says Clockworks on it, right? I mean, that's one thing that I would say, you know, as you were talking, I was going back through the catalog of all the parts that I've seen, and you alluded to, you know, you're not in the peg game, you're not in the seat game, which shows to me that you're not... Everybody has an ego, but you're not using that as a snowplow to get through things. You kind of have it in your backpack and you use it when you need when you need to. I mean a lot of people have it have they rely on the ego too much.
2: We came out with a Shineworks cleaning product and Which even I love by the way. And even Drake specialty said there's no room for you. We have all these cleaning products. I'm like, okay, I understand. I'm not making it for you. I'm making it for me and my team. Because we're standing out there. 12 hours a day at Sturgis, and you gotta touch somebody's $40,000 bike, they don't even want you near their bike, Right. okay? Now you put this windshield on, some fingerprints are on it, they would like you to clean it off, but they don't want you to scratch it, they don't want you to not take care of it, and so out of that, we started selling the product. Six months later, Drag came to me and said, "Um, we've used that stuff internally, and we've kind of thrown all the other stuff away. How do we get this in the catalog, right? Yeah. And then a customer comes and says, you know, I love Shineworks, but my dealer just will not get off the product that he always has. And so if you would put it on Amazon, I could buy it every three months. Like I do my dog food and just put on a reoccurring purchase, right? Like good idea. Never been on Amazon, but that would be a good niche to fill, right? Right. Do I want to sell all my products on Amazon? No, but that perfect, it's a recurring thing, right? And so I mean, you buy a windshield, you might have the same windshield for five years. Your, your bottle of Scheinrichs isn't going to last you five years. No. Yeah, it's, so it's, <laughs> it's completely two different things that we're doing. And so, you know, I never thought I'd be the windshield guy. I never thought I'd be the detail cleaner guy. And I certainly never thought I'd be the foam-mount guy.
0: What guy did you think you were going to be?
2: I just wanted to build bikes. I just wanted to build cool stuff, right? And I thought, wouldn't it be cool if you built a bike or a truck or a car that was in one of these magazines? That would be so fun. Right. Well, now I've been in all those magazines. I've been on the cover of a bunch of those magazines. Is it still fun? It is absolutely fun. That's why my wife has to tell me no. (laughs) That's called a callback. (laughs) She's Um, like, that's enough FXRs. That's enough of this. I'm like, yeah, I understand.
0: um, I want to talk about something that um, that I don't think uh, got. I think we were in kind of a a space where there wasn't really a lot of press at the time. Um, Social media didn't. Really convey. Um, you guys had a catastrophic loss happen at your shop that you recovered from. And I, I want people, the reason why I want you to tell your stories, because I we never heard it from you. We've heard little bits and pieces, but you recovered from something that would largely take out a lot of businesses that would be a lot bigger than your business and certainly you know, take out a lot of businesses that were much smaller. Which episode are you talking, talking about? Talking about the
2: flood. Because <laughs> the, the, there's a bunch of those stories.
0: Well, see, that's what I'm saying is that those things, we don't know about those things, but we knew about the flood, right? And, and from from social media, it looked like, yeah, you had the flood, everybody came together, Danny Dixon did the thing with the flannels, and it, and then it, it kind of ended there. And, and, I, and, I, and the only reason I want to say this is because I've been in your shop. Yep. Uh, in 2008 was the time for, was yep. the one and only time I've been there, and I can't imagine like it made me literally put all of the things that are important to me like further up the wall at my mm-hmm. shop because it could happen to me too because of because of hurricanes.
1: Well, I think one thing in in that whole experience, which is it's a very emotional topic, I think even even for me because mostly because when it happened, um, we had just gotten back from visiting a friend who unfortunately was. About, about to die actually. And so um, it was a week later after we saw them that they did pass away. But they, um, it was one of those things where we were coming back. I mean, it was just one catastrophe after another and we flew into what was a tornado in Sioux Falls. Um, just barely missed it, drove home. It was raining like crazy. Um, he had just laid down on the bed, put his phone on and all of a sudden the phone rings and it's Dan and Dan says, it's up to Vanessa, it's lapping at Vanessa's desk window. And I'm like, holy crap. I'm like, what did he just say? and so we jumped in the truck and went down there and we couldn't you couldn't drive through it you couldn't drive through a parking lot it was completely there was a truck actually in the intersection that all you could see was the top of the cab because so there was that much water and that was like the deepest point point. and i once in a while try to make light of a situation and my, my timing was terrible but it was <laughs> but it was true um brian went in there you're not supposed to go in there he went in there he you know grabbed the stuff off my desk that i asked him to grab and Um, took pictures and was FaceTiming me and showing me all of these things. And so we were screenshotting and it was very traumatizing, but it did bring the community together. Um, But in that it was like, Brian, look, we can, now we can rebuild, right? This is being washed out so we can start new. And there's, that means there's so much more potential for things that are coming, right? And for him, the words that he said to me was, I just watched 20 years of my life get washed away. And it's like, yeah, that sucks. But you know, what's meant to be salvaged will be salvaged. And what's not will not. Um, and we kind of left it at that and the beauty of it was the next morning when like the newspaper came, um, you know, they came and Brian wanted to make sure that they knew that it wasn't, we weren't the only ones that were affected by it. The gentleman right across the street, his entire basement as they were pumping the water out collapsed, you know, and he had family heirlooms in there that were over a hundred years old. And so while he didn't have a huge major business and didn't, no one had flood insurance because they certainly weren't expecting that, including us, um, insurance didn't cover anything. It, um, you know, it was a tough deal. You know, how do you come out of this? And, yes, Danny Dixon and his team and all those people were a huge um, huge factor in all that to help us get back on our feet. But they really – I mean, it was the community, you know, the basketball team, the football team, the, la- you know, ladies volleyball, um, people like Rita and Jason Hansen, Jason who works for us, and his wife Rita, like gathering as many people as they could to come over and help. You and their know?
2: kids, their three kids. daughters were there. It was it – yeah. it's like going to your own funeral. You don't know – who maybe you did something good for, and they just were waiting for that opportunity to repay the favor. But I mean, they call from all over the world, right? And said, I'll bring a trailer, I can take eight bikes, I can take six bikes. The guys from Jack Daniels are like, we're gonna bring a whole crew, we're gonna load up, you know, sheetrock and plywood on Kevin's truck. I'm like, no, no, stand down. Like, I don't even know what we can or can't do right now. And the neighbors were coming in and families are coming in just helping and fixing, right? I want to take you back to the beginning of 2019, which is even more traumatizing that people don't understand, is 2018 we had a plastic shortage at the end of the year, okay? Suddenly we're six months into it and we can't get half the plastic we need. Nobody else in the world really knew about it or even cared because they're making other stuff, right? And so we can't get the parts we need, so the cash flow is terrible, okay? We, were make, we had made some poor decisions and suddenly now we're putting our vendors at risk because we maybe owe them 150 grand and owe this guy 200 grand and it's like, that's, a, that's stacking up, that's real money. you know. And so we looked at everything we had, we had some financial advisors talk to us about it, Vanessa broke it all down and they said, the only way you're gonna survive this thing, the only way you're gonna come out of this thing is to fire all these people and make everybody else take a pay cut. I don't fire people. That's not my thing. I hate it. I hate cutting cancer out. I know it happens in every organization, but it's not my. I, it's not who I am. Okay, and so we talked to a bunch of different people. We had some, you know, angel investors that wanted to try to give us some money at a really extensive rate and then take over part of the company ownership. And I called John Christner. I didn't call John Christner. I would never call John Christner. Vanessa called John Christner. Sorry, this is just as raw as it gets right now for me. I'm sitting out in the parking lot and I'm in the car and she goes, can I talk to you about something? I said, sure, what's up? She said, I called Pops this morning. That's who she refers to John as Pops, right? She goes, I, want, she goes, I just told him, here's the deal, Pops. We need $250,000 to get these vendors paid up so they'll produce parts and we don't have the money. And he goes, well, how soon do you think you can get the money back? She goes, oh, easily within the year. We just gotta get the parts going again. And he said, please, Vanessa, don't do anything. Don't take those other guys' deal. That one's too tough. Just wait till Monday. This is, she's talking to me on Saturday morning and I'm sitting outside the shop going, man, I've never been this over leveraged, this broke, and knowing that I have to fire a guy who I love, right? And I don't wanna put anybody's families at risk. So I ask everybody on my team to take a voluntary pay cut If you think your family can do 2%, let's do 2%. If you think your family can do 5%, let's do 5%. If you think your family can do nothing, then all I need to do is, no, you can't do it. I'm gonna try that. And so when John and and his uh, accountant friend, partner, Tom Ritchie got on the phone with Vanessa, they said, are you okay with sending us the financials? And I said, sure, Vanessa got them, right? She sent them to him at six o'clock that night. By 11 o'clock, he called us at home and he said, I know you're panicked. What you really need is $400,000, not $250,000. And we're willing to give you the money. But we want to buy into your company. We want this much percentage for this much money. You can think about it overnight, see what you want to do. And Vanessa's like, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm okay. I went to bed and I woke up in the next morning and first thing she said to me, she goes, what's a decision? What do you want to do? And I said, if I could be in business with John Christner, I would every time do it. He's the most kindest, nicest, smartest gentleman I've ever met in my life has a great heart for others. I said, I'm doing it. She goes, yeah, but you're giving up. You know, this is your baby. You're giving it up. I'm like, it's okay. I'm fine with that. Let's give it up. Right? We did it. And literally in four or five months, we were already dug out of the hole. I'm not worried about the money. I'm worried about doing business. And we're coming out of the hole. And it's August and, and we see everybody at Surges, and John's like, this is the most, this is the best investment we ever made. You guys turned this thing around in six months. September 11th, nineteen. Million dollars of damage. Bikes four feet underwater, the whole building, right? It was crazy. But when we did that decision, right? Tom and John and, and, and uh, his son Danny, they flew up to uh, South Dakota. I said, I want you to sit with every employee for 10 minutes and they can tell you if we did good or we did bad, right? But I want you to do this. They did it. They brought me and Vanessa back in. They said, this is the most amazing culture. Nobody takes voluntary pay cuts. That just not how it works, Brian. You hear their sign, everybody's taking a 2%. Like this is crazy. We got to go restore their salaries right now. I said, well, you could clearly see by Vanessa's spreadsheet, we can't do that. And they go, no, we've we've got the money. We got your back. We can do that. I said, well, they're going to, my team already thinks I'm a gambler. They think I'm crazy, right? So you go out there and tell them. They went out there. Tom made the announcement. He said, we're going to put all the salaries back to normal. We know you guys took a a pay cut, and it's been your first paycheck, and now you're going to see in your paycheck that you're, you're less money. Let's go back after it. Let's go get it, right? Now they joke around, and they laugh, and they're like, you, you did that tw- early 2019, you survived a flood, which was a million dollars of damage. People said, if you like clockworks, then buy clockworks. We couldn't even get the parts out of the boxes and all the instructions to get them wiped off to put them in new packages fast enough because people were like, yeah, I do love clockworks. I want to support, right? Jeff Zelinski from NAMS over here, started a kicks, kickstart thing, right? Or a GoFundMe deal, right? People were putting money into that. Well, that's how we bought the sheetrock. That's how we bought the insulation. That's what we did. And yet our team was the ones doing the construction while these guys were holed up in what is now the conference room on plastic tables with their computers still taking calls. Everybody showed the resiliency and locked arms to take on whatever this problem was. And that comes from that morning meeting. They didn't get freaked out. They should have been freaked out. I was freaked out, but they just came in and go, we got this. I'm gonna call this guy and that guy has this truck and we'll get this person and You don't know until that situation how many talents people have or what they're willing to do or how much they love you as a person to go, I'm going to protect her, I'm going to protect him, I'm going to protect these other guys, their family works here, we're going to go for it, right? And come on the backside of it, we have now doubled our sales since 2019. We finished 2019 as a record year of sales. And yet it was the worst year, (laughs) right? But it's like, You know we cut a few people and now we have 10 11 more people more than that because we have to right and so it's one of those deals where you don't know what you don't know but if you go in there every person every situation you're captivated by fear okay so if someone says that's my seat i'm putting my luggage right there on the airplane okay what is their fear their fear is that they have to put it back there and then they have to wait for somebody go back get their bag and then they're not going to make their next flight I mean, that, that is the simplest version, right? But it doesn't matter. It's like, what is your level of fear with whatever? My legs are as white as anybody's socks, right? Well, my fear could be I don't want to walk around you're looking like that, right? And yet, this is a very judgment-free zone, right? People are out here, you see every shape and every body you can possibly see at this pool. right? These people are here and they're comfortable here. That's the key. That's the key to a great situation. It's cre- cre- key to a great environment, right? And so I think really that's what that taught us, was just, it's okay. It's okay to throw all that stuff away. It's okay to start over. It's okay to have these paintings that your friend made you of this incredible historic occasion, the oil's running down them, and it's just, you're never going to have them again.
0: Yeah, stuff is just stuff, right? I try to tell that to people all the time, that you know it's, it's all just stuff. You know, businesses go through these ebbs and flows of things and, and I think learning to be comfortable in an uncomfortable situation or learning to ride that razor's edge and find comfort in that because you have, um, if you're on that razor's edge, you can pivot very quickly, right? I mean, you know, and being aware of your resources.
2: But be, being an entrepreneur, I'm a consummate gambler, right? I don't gamble at the casino I here. No, I can't do it. Because <laughs> those are important dollars. But I'll buy this microphone and try to resell it to you or make a better microphone, whatever the case is, right? Right. And so in that situation, I think as the quarterback of this team, they count on me to make that decision. And they have a certain faith that in eight out of 10 gambles that I make, we're gonna win. You know what I mean? And so there's a, there's a confidence I get from them and a confidence that they bring to me that really, I think, sets us up for success. But none of it is gonna happen without customers, right? And if you don't take care of that customer the way you hope to be taken care of, you epically failed. I can't thank you enough
0: for sharing that story with me because I could definitely tell that there was some, it was really from, from a good place and, and you no. know, it, it did invoke some, some emotion from both well, you and-
2: Well, Rita, yeah, Rita's sitting here, that's Jason. Jason's been with me, Jason Hansen, his wife's sitting out here. He's been with me for 14 years, right? Raluca who's sitting out here is is Vanessa's best friend. She came up to visit us.
1: The day day day
2: of the flood. She's coming around the corner at the lake and we're backing out with the truck, just heading in for the emergency thing. We're like, park your car, get in the the truck. So Vanessa and Raluca both saw me come out of that building with all the stuff I could, wading through the water at waist deep, holding my phone and the stuff above my head. And I get in the truck and Vanessa says, are you okay? And i just put my head on the windshield or the steering wheel and cried i said no i'm not okay i said 20 years of my life just got washed away what do you do what do you do at this point right well if you're a true entrepreneur you're a true fighter then you just come in the next morning and say this is what we're going to do and the newspaper guy said i saw the pictures you posted online can i go in there right now with you i said you can but with the caveat like like vanessa said we're not the victim right we are not victim mentality we're just a part of this thing that happened and we're going to survive it. Just like they're going to survive it. Just like, they're going to survive it. Right. And the guy goes, okay, well, let's go in. Let's go in. I said, no, no, I'm waiting for these two people to come up here. And those two people came up and we don't generally hold hands when we pray. right? But for that day, everybody literally put their hands out, locked arms and went, we got this. We don't know what's going to happen. We pull that door open. We don't know what how ugly it is in there because I was the only one had been in there. And I told the guys, this is what we're going to do. The front page of the paper the next day was team clockwork standing there, locking hands, praying and the story about the flood. I didn't even see the newspaper. I didn't know he even took that picture. Two weeks later, one of my cousins from Kansas says, um, preacher, Mr. Clock. And I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, oh, my mom sent me the paper and you're standing on the front of the paper, praying with your team. And I tell people when I hire them, you don't have to believe what I believe. And you don't even have to believe that there is a God. I don't care, right? But this is how I do it. And if you wanna jump in, then you can jump in, but you're gonna stand there in that morning meeting and while I'm praying, you can stare at me, I don't care. But I'm just gonna preface it that that's who I am, right? And so now you get guys like John Jessup, who unfortunately was supposed to be on this cruise, but John and Janine, John stopped one day during the morning meeting on his way to somewhere and this year at Sturgis, all of a sudden I pull up and there's John Jessup's truck and trailer. And he goes, I want Janine to experience the morning meeting. Yeah, he
0: called me immediately when he left. <laughs> he's like, You, of course you he did. He, He's like, you, the, the first meeting that he sat in, Yeah. and I don't remember what year it was or, or any of that, but I do remember him calling me. He's like, Dude, he goes, I don't know what you're doing right now. He goes, But if there's ever a way you can find your way to, to Mitchell to sit in on one of those meetings and just observe, he goes, "Don't you don't have to participate because you just got to see it. And so, I mean, those are those are words. I, you know, when he says something to me, he's in. You know, he's in a lot of the same yep. positions that yes. that I am, and 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 that. And so, I, I really rely on his his word. And you know, he's the guy that one of the guys that I that I pick up a call. Just like I'm sure you have people that you call when you're having a certain kind of day. And and so, I appreciate that. That was an awesome story, dude.
2: Well, I know, really and I know it. we probably are into the overtime, right? No, now. No, we're we're good. But I just feel like people don't understand that struggle and that how real it was to be that broke to have to let people go off your staff to ask for voluntary paychecks or pay cuts and then five or six months later to know you'd sold off a part of your company only to be exasperated by a flood that there was no insurance for and so now you're a million dollar loss how are you going to get how are you going to get to the end of the year and even survive it right and now here we are three years later we own the building across the I street just,
0: i was just going to say everybody got it's, to see on social media the growth of the new the new facility in that and, the, and yeah. that was awesome Tell and, us and about if, that you've there, we'll if you've been there if you've
2: been there before and you walk in now
1: it's not the same place
2: it's not the same place it's, i mean
1: brian got his little mini nascar building is what i like to say because that's what it is it's white it's it's clean it's white floors and black or red posts and things like that you know it's very different it's um you know but after 20 years 25 years I'd say he's earned it. I'd say the company and the team has earned it. They deserve it. You know, we laugh about it because the kitchen When Denise and I went shopping for appliances. It was like, okay, this is what I want. And it's this much. And they get delivered. And Brian's like, these appliances are nicer than what's in our house. I'm like, yeah, but these people spend more time here than they do at their house. You know, so they, it doesn't matter. And everybody came together, you know, like he said, 19 was terrible. Then the next thing you know, it's 2020 and COVID's here. And how's that going to affect your business and everything else that's happening, you know? and we've we've been very fortunate to have the customers continue to support us and be loyal to us as i'm sure any of these brands would say oh yeah you know, you're not you're nobody without them it's just like a music artist you're nobody without your fans so
0: and if i can just close on this like there's something that happened to me in 2008 when i went to your shop that i at the time i didn't understand it and in to be friends with you now, where I, I knew you peripherally back then, but I worked uh, I was working for Baker at the time. Oh yeah. Um, <coughs> and so I go into Brian's shop in 2008, and you know I love going to motorcycle shops. It's what I do. Like what I used to do on vacations is I would make my wife and kids go to every bike shop that was in whatever town we were staying in. And I walk in, and the one thing I can remember, I can remember where it was and everything. There was a box. It was about the size of like a popcorn machine. And it was—it had this really small window thing in it, and it had like this, it looked like a trimmer, um, weed whip trimmer, plastic. And I was like, what is this? And I, it wasn't you that told me, but it was, somebody said it, it's a 3D printer. And then that always stuck with me that like, there has to be a point in time where you're looking over the ledge and you jump. And you did that, and I commend you for it, because the windshield was pretty new at that point in time. The clip hanger bars weren't out at that point nope. in time. I mean, so you right. have, you've definitely, you know, I have something that you don't have, and I have a, a like a, a perspective, like I've watched your business, you know, just kind of have this zenith. Mm-hmm. And, and it's it's amazing, and I'm, I'm very, very fortunate to be friends with, with both of you and being able to do things like this and sit down with you and have you tell your story. It's amazing.
2: Well, likewise, and I hope that anybody who's coming by exit 332 in Mitchell just pulls in. As a customer, as a industry associate, you can join us for the morning meeting. We're happy to give you a tour. Um, a lot of people were there this year for our 25th anniversary. And it was guys like Jeff Vay from Motor Trike and David Eckert from Saddleman. And they said, you know how many times I've driven down I-90 and drove right by you? I'm embarrassed, Brian. I didn't realize you're six blocks away. And then I could park my semi on your street. I could park my semi in your lot. I can pull my motorhome and my RV up here. Um, I'll be back right and David Ecker looked at me and he said Man, dude, he said I I had no idea your facility was this cool. He's like, I gotta step on my game Well, it wasn't cool overnight, right? No, I mean Jason and Dave been there 14 years They lived that ugliness. They lived that little place and they they lived the poor lighting in the dingy dingy work area and dingy work environment and so now, when I walk in there, even after coming home from Sturgis, and we just finished it before Sturgis, right? Come home and walk back in there after Sturgis and you look around and you're like, wow, I'm proud that we're able to let these guys work in this space. That, that makes me so happy because if I could go write a thank you to every person who contributed to 25 years of Clockworks, right? Whether you were a friend who supported me or drove with me to an event, whether you were one of the people that helped clean up in the flood, there's been two floods, one that was maybe 12 inches and this one that was four feet. Whether you're the person who was an after school, world of work kid, you know, or a customer, right? If you could write a thank you to all of them, it would it would take you years and it'd be so overwhelming, but that's how I feel. When I look back on twenty-five years, I'm like, you know, from a graduating class of fourteen kids, like, how do, how is it that our parts are popular in China? They're popular in Australia. They're, it's. I think it's what
0: keeps you humble. I think Mitchell keeps you humble. You know, you're not in this. You're not in this world with with a lot of negative uh, input. You know, and you can kind of subjugate that out. And and I think it's. I think it's a blessing.
2: Yeah, you'll know. I'll really be truly happy when I can. Concrete the parking lot so my customers, my customers, and my employees don't have to park in gravel anymore.
1: It's always a, that's a running joke because we I said, what do you want a parking lot or a building?" <laughs> and he's like, "Well, I want both." I'm like, "Well, come on." So we now did the, the building. We about.
2: got the building. Yeah. So now the parking lot's the next thing to check off the list. Awesome. Um, I want to make sure that everybody
0: knows you can get your parts at Drag specialties. You can get them direct it at, uh, at uh, GetClock.com. Correct. Right. Yes. And you guys are the proud proprietors of the IO Mount and also of the new ShineWorks brand. Yep. Right. And you Absolutely. get ShineWorks on Amazon. You mentioned yes. right. Correct. Yep. Yep. Awesome. So thank you very much, Brian, for doing this. And Vanessa, it's been a it's been an absolute pleasure. I, well, I really appreciate and it. And thanks for
2: having us on. I think what this does for me is it just adds perspective to the next four days of this High Seas Rally cruise because to walk and see a customer is one thing. To hang out with your you know fellow vendors and fellow motorcycle industry friends right is a treat and i will do nothing more than to look over that balcony and go wow you know 25 years i mean very very fortunate so That's thank you awesome
1: well if you don't see you august 3rd if you don't come by before then august 3rd
0: awesome thank you very much